Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If you haven't already, we hope you'll go to the YouTube channel, hit subscribe, like, and then share with everyone that would be interested in talking all things sports and more with all the shows that are available to you just by hitting the subscription button at Outkick. Just think about all your friends and family that may be interested in the show yeah. and the content and say, hey, yeah. share it. Just share along. Sharing is caring, Hutton. That's what I often say. That's so it. it's a time to do that now. Chad, I think the Vikings seem to be the team that's really set up for Trey Lance and a possible trade. They, It's already been reported that they spoke the Vikings and the Niners at the Combine. And they continue to be involved in the reports. But how upset would you be if you're the Vikings and you're trying to set up something knowing that Kirk Cousins is on the final year of his contract and you are buying into the fact that with O'Connell and knowing that you can develop Trey Lance while also having Kirk Cousins and potentially pairing Lance with Justin Jefferson, that right before the draft, it just so happens that there's a report from Ian Rappaport that says, hey, um, the Niners are receiving calls. By the way, they're not making calls trying to shop Trey Lance, but they are receiving calls. And then we start discussing what the price tag is because that is negotiating against Minnesota, which is already, again, reported from Indianapolis back in February. I don't think that's any coincidence. No, I think you're onto something with that. And does Trey Lance make the most sense for what the Vikings are trying to do offensively? I mean, after this, we've talked about the Vikings maybe being an option for Hendon Hooker. You know, later in the first yeah. round, possibly as a, I think a, they're in play for a sure. one-year redshirt type deal, and you get the option being a first-round pick. So, uh, I, to me, for Hooker, Vikings, Rams make a lot of sense for him in his development and a chance for possible success. Yeah, but either one of those spots would also be well, great for Trey Lance for the also, same reasons because the offensive coaches in play, and especially with the Vikings, you get the added benefit of Justin Jefferson to throw to. So, but also consider all the discussion about Trey Lance and whether or not he's on the trade block. What has he really shown to deserve the fervor and the, the headline over like a CJ Stroud, a Hendon hooker. I mean, we've seen him start four games. He's completed 55% of his passes in those four games. And he's appeared in eight games since the, the Niners gave up. It was three first round picks, but they swapped that first year and then a future first and a third in 2022, and then this year, a first-round pick again. And he started four games for them. But yet, there's this, yeah, it's, oh, Shanahan did this, so it must be great. But if you believe that, why would Kyle Shanahan trade him? I've got an answer to this. To me, it's way more about what you haven't seen in the possible quarterbacks to take in the first round than it is about what you haven't or have seen okay. with Trey Lance. 
So I think the appeal would be if you're a team that had him highly rated coming out of North Dakota State and you know that Kyle Shanahan, who is seen as a great offensive mind because he is, thought highly enough of him to trade up the way he did to draft him at three, and you're thinking, when we combine those two factors and the third factor being, I don't like these first-round quarterbacks in this 2023 draft, that's where Trey Lance looks more appealing. Now, if you're buying into the Kyle Shanahan part of this, you also have to admit that, well, Kyle Shanahan's willing to trade him for not a lot to get rid of him right now for a third-round pick, let's say. If that's the case, that tells me something about Trey Lance, and it's not necessarily a good thing. So you got to trust your instincts and how you evaluated Trey Lance coming out of college, along with the small sample size we've seen there. But to me, any interest in Trey Lance is way more about a lack of interest or lack of belief in this crop of quarterbacks in this year's draft class than it says about a faith in Trey Lance. Yeah, and they have a luxury right now with Lance on the rookie deal, Brock Purdy on a rookie contract, and they just signed Sam Darnold to a one-year contract. And after the injury-riddled season they went through at the position, I don't know why you would just hand over Trey Lance for a third-round pick. Two years removed from what you... And, and if they do, it doesn't make for the sense. same question you're asking, if they're willing to do that, and I'm a GM, I'm thinking, another GM, I'm thinking, what do they know? That's not a great sign for Trey Lance. If right. they're willing to do that and wanting to do that. And back in my mind, I'm thinking, why exactly are the 49ers in such a hurry to dump Trey Lance for a third-round pick. So Tiki Barber was discussing the same topic. Tiki Barber on Tiki and Tierney had this to say about Aaron Rodgers and the Niners. There has been this little inkling of an alternative for Aaron Rodgers. Purdy is saying he's not sure he's going to play. So if the 49ers move on from Trey Lance, the other presumptive starter, and they sign Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers who were in the NFC Championship game a year ago. He would have been better than what is, they had last year yeah, true, in but, terms of Purdy going down, but I hear you. The answer is hell no. Okay. So all of this little simmering is not even like smoke coming out of this thing. It's just a little crickling of flame starting to burgeon up underneath the leaves about Aaron Rodgers actually going to the 49ers as opposed to the Jets. Oh, here we now oh, has oh. some validity because if the, if the 49ers what are you doing if to the, me? hold on if the 49ers trade Trey Lance and again the clock is probably off on him because they like Trey they like Brock Purdy better if the if they trade Trey Lance and Brock Purdy isn't available to play this year because of UCL surgery Sam Donald is not I promise you is not starting for the 49ers. They will go get and they're they're okay to mortgage their future because they don't care. They're not worried about losing their jobs. Uh they've they've done it before. They've gotten to the championship game. They've gotten deep in the playoffs, right? This team will go get Aaron Rodgers if he's available. So Tiki Barber made one great point. All of this discussion about Trey Lance and Brock Purdy is recovering from UCL surgery, and they don't really know the timetable, even though everything's always on schedule in the offseason. They don't really know if he's going to... And they would trade away Trey Lance, and he's expected to be cleared within by the end of the month to be able to participate in OTAs. What does that tell you about Trey Lance? Kind no, of going no, back to the original question? No, what, he's making the point of you wouldn't trade away Trey Lance unless you had the alternative solution yeah but Rod saying that 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 would lead you to believe that maybe Aaron Rodgers yeah. is in play and it's a great radio discussion right but Rodgers 
hates the Niners, even though it's his hometown. Like it's, he grew up, he's a huge fan of. Well, them. he has stated he wants to play for the Jets. I know he but, said but that he, on Pat McAfee show. He also stated that um, he wouldn't be playing for the Niners based on the golf tournament, the <laughs> the the pro am, where he was like, "Well, no one was." They were chanting different colors, and I said, it, "It's absolutely not going to be with the 49ers because they passed on him." And they told him they were going to draft him. We're making a lot of leaps if we're going to buy into what Tiki Barber is saying. And he is saying, you know, it's rumor. That's it's not even what he said, not even smoke. It's like a little flame starting underneath underneath a leaf right now is all that it is. But we're not giving Shanahan but the, enough the credit. The biggest assumption I think that you're making in this is that somewhere along the way, Aaron Rodgers has come down from the isolation retreat where he goes on McAfee and says, the vision I had was that I want to play and I want to be traded to the New York Jets and play with them to – Weeks later now saying, and I'm also okay playing with the San Francisco 49ers. So if they trade me there, I'm fine with that. And this would all have happened behind the scenes and we don't know about it. Yeah, That's a big leap to make that that's happened. Now, theoretically, that it's possible that could have happened, that he's also told the Packers that this is a really good roster and I'd be interested in playing there and I can, you know, bury my personal feelings about them passing on me in the draft many years ago and go play for this organization now because it's a different organization than it was before. It's all possible. Is it likely? No. He's going to go to the Jets. I agree. He's going to be a Jet. And I think Trey Lance remains where he is. Hendon Hooker is a first-round pick. I I believe so. A month ago, would we have been certain of that? No. Isn't that crazy to think about? We're still... I'm amazed at the amount of people. Dane Brugler, one of them, who we had on earlier this week, that's got him... Not even one of the first picks the second round, like in the 40s, I want to say, Well, of the second round. On his on No, on, on, his, his, on his mock board? draft. No, not on his vertical. On his on, final On his mock? final mock draft where he picks all seven rounds. He's got him into the second round. And we, I asked him about that, and he's talked about why yeah. he thinks Kenan Hooker's not going on the first night. The red shirt ability with the extra year on the rookie deal the with a first-round pick, the fifth-year option, Leads me to believe he's going to be a first-round pick. We're going to get into some point next week an unpopular draft opinion. This may or may not be mine, but I am leaning towards the likelihood of five quarterbacks going in the top ten of the draft to me is better than the likelihood of five quarterbacks not going in the first round. In other words, I think Hendon Hooker is closer to a top ten pick than he is not going in the first round of this draft. You're saying – like. Close to being a top 10. So, like, top 15. Yeah, with, I'm with saying the Texans. I buy it to be more likely that Hendon Hooker goes in the top 10 than he doesn't Second go in the round. first round. I think he's going to well, be a first-round pick. But five quarterbacks, though. I, I could buy one of the quarterbacks falling out of the first round. But I do think Hendon Hooker is a first-round pick. If Hendon Hooker is... Oh, I can buy if, it. I, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. If, I'm saying that's more likely than him not going in the first round. But if he's the 12th overall pick, that doesn't mean that we're buying into five quarterbacks in the top 12. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so you in that case, a Levis or a Richardson or yeah. a Stroud would drop. Yes. I don't know how far. But again, like I don't think we see five quarterbacks in the top 12. Every time Hooker we would think be like that the someone, third QB taken, the fourth QB taken in this scenario to me. Well, there's a reason there's only one time, right, that four in the top eight, I think, have gone. I yeah. mean, that's, you know, it's, it's highly unlikely, and it would be unprecedented. And it's only happened three times where we've seen quarterback go back to back to back. But every time we don't think someone's going to drop, they do. Right? They're going to drop Last further year? than we thought. Last year's a great example. Malik Willis was a first-round pick at this time He, last at one year. point, was a number one overall pick. 
possibility. Yeah. And then he's a third rounder. And then the, the drop really happened with Kenny Pickett. We didn't know where, once that started. Yeah. Because everyone, the consensus was he was the number one guy. Matt Corral. When's the last time we mentioned him? Yeah. At one point, he was that fringe first-round QB. Who's the most likely drop candidate? I'll go. Will Levis. I think it's Hendon Hooker. But I buying into the fact he's a first-round guy. But because... If he, if he drops, it's, it's the reasons that we've been hearing. It's the injury, it's the age, and it's the offense. So I'm not buying the Will Levis hype. But Mel Kuyper isn't going to go out there and just word vomit for no reason over the guy. He's hearing this. So I, there, it w- there is one team. There is a coach. There is, someone, someone's in love with Will Levis. And he's talking to Mel Kuyper. All the traits. Uh, it feels to me like it's Josh McDaniels that would be in love with him. I don't know why. I've just thought all along, like, he's going to be a Raider. That just feels like the move to me, even yeah. with Jimmy Garoppolo there. But, so how do you that, feel about Josh he's McDaniels be with Will Levis? That's what I'm saying, that Will Levis. No, I know. How do yeah. you feel about Josh McDaniels with him versus like Kyle Shanahan with Trey Lance? It didn't matter who the, the – it, uh, it did. It didn't matter who the 49ers selected when they traded up. They were going to be paired with Kyle Shanahan, so they get the crown of the prince, right? Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I got to see Josh McDaniels be a good head coach at some point. Yeah. I mean, he looks good when he coaches Tom Brady, but Hutton, you'd look good coaching Tom Brady. I mean, you wow. could get an NFL head coaching job. You'd look the part if you Unless were coaching him. So I don't. I'm not. A, I'm not a believer in him. No. I, now, I, if he was with Sean McVay, I like that for Will Levis. You know, if if, if the Rams or well, that's a great example though. Kevin O'Connell, but with the Vikings, they, another one. You know that I think with that offensive mind and that offensive the, system, the Kentucky Wildcats have had the la- the last two offensive coordinators with Will Levis, coach with McVay. Yep. Right? Have we even heard the Rams interested? That is another reason that I think that's, he is the most likely candidate to fall, if that's the case. Like out of the first? I don't know about out of the first, but drop past the top 10. in the first round. Yeah, into the 20s. I would still be surprised by that. I, I, I think teams are going to reach. I will, are, I will still be surprised. There are a lot of quarterback needy and thirsty teams. It will really surprise me if Hendon Hooker's not the fifth quarterback taken. Okay. Now, I think the most likely scenario is it's going to be in the 20s that the fifth quarterback goes. But again, I think it's more likely Man. that Hendon Hooker goes in the top 10 as opposed to not going in the first round at all. It's extremely rare that we point. see five QBs in a first round. It's though. never happened. Well, no, not in the first round. I'm saying in the top, top 10 or 15. Right. But like in a draft where every, the consensus is there are, what, 17 or 18 truly first-round graded talents? And five of those are going to be quarterbacks? And three of them will be reaches. Yeah. That's what the math will tell us. And at least one of them... Three is, of them won't work at all. And at least one of them will be with a team, like you're saying, with Vegas, where the Raiders have their starter in Garoppolo. And no one's going to assume that they're going to draft a quarterback, but they're going to draft a quarterback. Because the contract is set up for those vets where they can move on a year from now. There's yeah. several of those examples. And Atlanta... Houston's not going to draft C.J. Stroud. Arthur Smith, what the hell are you doing? Trade up. I mean. Come get your guy. Come get your guy from Columbus. Desmond Ritter, great. Right? Like, okay. But you're going to pass up on the option of the 
it is being gifted to Houston, and they're saying, you know what, we're going to wait on the 12th pick to draft our quarterback. It's time for the Falcons to make a move. I've been waiting on this for a year and a half. I keep going back to our conversation with Cynthia Freeland, where she had the comps for all the quarterbacks, and she had the best fit for Hendon Hooker being Arthur Smith's offense with the Falcons because of Hooker's effectiveness in play action and Arthur Smith's usage of play action within that offense. And the the ability to just want to run the That makes a lot of sense, too. It does. I, I mean, any quarterback makes a lot of sense to me in Atlanta. Yeah, and it's the same deal because you're just drafting. It'd be the same move as the Titans would make, right? You drafted a third-round quarterback the year before. You're not totally sold on them or you don't like them, and you correct that by drafting a first-round quarterback the next year if the Titans were to move up or stay put and draft quarterback at that spot. That's what you're saying. Guess who's meeting right at the deadline with C.J. Stroud? The Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Mike Garofalo says that uh, the Falcons will follow up their meeting with Anthony Richardson and Will Levis with C.J. Stroud. Again, Atlanta, if if Atlanta's wanting to make a move because Houston won't, think about how that looks on the Texans. That's just where I'm coming but from. It, uh, You've got to take the but guy. But we got to see what... If they don't like Stroud, I respect the fact that they're like, we're not going to take a quarterback who we don't think's good just to take quarterback. We'll trade down and get a guy we think's just like him later. What? Or we'll ride it out with Davis Mills and get a quarterback next year, next offseason. Now, you, it, how, how do you sell that to your fan base? You probably don't. I mean, that, that's just a very confident move of we've got more years in this next year that we're going to build this thing because you're basically cashing it in at that point and saying 2023 is going to be abysmal again. There's no good quarterback options. We'll wait for a year from now. They're going to get a quarterback in this draft. I, it's just a matter of when they take the quarterback. <laughs> it needs to be at two, but just consider that it was a two. They went for two and they won, and that's why they're drafting second, and that's why they're not getting Bryce Young. And – but talking to John McClain, they would be taking Bryce Young yes. no matter what. Yes. If they had the number one pick. But the coach, <laughs> he was on the way out, went for the win. He did this. We're going for two in the win. Guys, score, and he and immediately had the two up. We're going for two. Uh, Mark Cuban wouldn't have liked that. Mark Cuban would have done the opposite. <laughs> Mark Cuban would have taken the 750 k fine and said, we're pulling everybody out in the second quarter. Chad, when we come back, there's another team with a quarterback that they're rolling the dice with. And there's a lot of the examples. But one where we haven't really been able to dive in and be like, what What are they doing? The window is wide open for the Miami Dolphins. And I realize they try to get Tom Brady. That's why there's 31 picks and not 32 picks in the first round. But Tua is admitting that he nearly retired. And there's not a peep about doing anything but running it back with Tua. Is it a mistake? That's next on Hotline. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a 
happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Glad you're with us. Live from 6th and Peabody in Nashville with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hutton Withrow for Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. Chad, um, look, first and foremost, everything that took place with Tua Tagovailoa last year was scary. Concussions, uh, one that was not confirmed, but I mean, four days later, he's on Thursday Night Football, and the first confirmed concussion takes place in Cincinnati. Remember, by the way, when the claim was when he like stumbled when he stood up, that it was some like weird like leg back thing injury. or back no, injury? Yeah, yeah that's like what a it was. Spasm a something. back spasm, yeah. Which, I'm thinking, which he had been on the injury report earlier in the game for. But everyone who saw it, no, none of them being doctors, said, yeah, yeah. that's a concussion. So <laughs> pretty, pretty easily diagnosed concussion when he stood up, but yet doctors were arguing, oh, no, it's a back spasm. I mean, so let's just rewind to that game. An independent neurologist was fired over that. And here we are with Tua and the Dolphins. And I get it. They picked up the fifth-year option. I would, too. It's $24, $25 million. When you start looking at the annual salaries for quarterbacks, that's going to be extremely affordable in what would be a potential proven year for him, right? But we go from that storyline that week in in, in a concussion protocol that was... they, They... looked it over, they didn't made adjustments to it. Um, Teddy Bridgewater was removed from a game where he had no business being removed from the game. And we're now talking about the guy who is training judo so he can take falls better. But this comes after he contemplated retirement. Here's Tua. I, I think I, I considered it, um, you know, for, for a time, um, having sat down with my family, um, having sat down with my wife and having those kind of kind of conversations. But uh, really, it, it would be hard for me to, to, to walk away from, from this game with, with how old I am, with, I mean, with my, my son. I, I always dreamed of growing, you know, playing as long as I could to where my son knew exactly what you know, he was watching his, his dad too. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's my health, it's my body, it, you know, I, I feel like this is what's best for me and, and, and my family. So, I mean, I, I love the game of football. And if I didn't, I would have quit a long time. And I respect any player that has that opinion. And I'm not trying to make light of what is a very serious injury, but I mean, it's laughable to me that all of a sudden the headlines are he's going to devote one day a week to judo training so he can learn how to not hit his head on the ground all the time. And that's all of a sudden like the headline instead of the fact that what we saw last year is bound to pop up again because he's known for hitting his head on the turf. And by the way, it's a contact sport where you can't necessarily always control, control getting your head bounced off the turf. You see where I'm going with this? Like what the Dolphins yeah. are rolling it back. And and I think Tua Tua went healthy. And Armando, by the way, would join us in this segment normally. He's uh, under the weather today. So Armando, feel better. And he could clarify all this. But Chad, Tua went healthy at the start of the season. 
the Miami Dolphins were Super Bowl contenders. True? Yeah, they were great. They were one of the stories without of the early them, part of the year. Without them, they were just a playoff contender. Their backup right now is Mike White, who, I mean, the Jets for a brief moment were playoff contenders with him. You get where I'm going here. They're just rolling it back, and not every team has the luxury of being the Miami Dolphins, where you have a quarterback under a rookie contract, and you have loaded up on offense. They can put up all kinds of points. And with the window of opportunity right there, and maybe they're not winning it this year, but the window is open. They're not making a move. And I guess the excuse would be is because they gave up the pick because Steven Ross was tampering with Tom Brady. But you don't try to do more than that this offseason. Uh, why is Trey Lance not mentioned in Miami? It makes a lot of sense. Again, there are a lot of teams that could use the talents of Lance just to see if you can develop him into more than what he was in San Francisco if, in fact, he's available. Allow me to give a possible explanation. Okay. <clears throat> to us healthy? They're scared. The Dolphins are scared of the optics of being a team that dumps the guy that so visibly was thrown to the turf not once, but twice concussed in back-to-back games and then went out and played that Thursday night. And the Dolphins in the league took a bunch of heat for it. Hutton mentioned it. Someone was fired over it. Yeah. And um, I don't know that this is the case, but I do think that part of the thinking in 2023 with a lot of people in sports is, how is this going to look? And I think for the Dolphins to just throw him aside, which from a business and competitive perspective, they should consider the sad reality of it is they should consider that because of the, the history now. But I think they're looking at it and saying, optically, this is going to look terrible. Well, if we're in the market to immediately upgrade and go find some another quarterback, so we better wait a year to do that and let this thing play its way out. Because if they just ditched him, there's you know the columns that will be written. You know what's going to be said. You know what to a Tungavailoa's attorney could say about well, it, possibly, if he ended up out of a job in the league because of this. Yeah, I, I, I think that's why the Dolphins are a little bit more willing to play ball with Tua as opposed to trying to upgrade at well, QB. What every team, though, has to do is play ball with a new concussion protocol. And this dude wasn't cleared for a month for any type of football activity after the, la- after the last concussion at the end of the year. And in fact, they just continued to hold him out out of fear of putting him back out there. I, to me, that's where the fear comes from. They, you can bring him back if you feel like, man, when he's healthy, we're really good. And that's true. Yeah. But you have to have this contingency. I don't know why they're just going forward with what they... And, and by the way, the offseason's not over yet. But no one's talking about the Miami Dolphins. I'm here to say they have a window that's open and I wouldn't just bank on the fact that two is going to learn how to fall because he's taking Judah like Ronda Rousey. See what I'm saying? And it's I, laughable. And, and take the take the one um, day a week judo training is going to con- prevent him from taking a hit, the back of the head, and convulsing on a field on Thursday night football. No, it's yeah. That's if that, that were the is case, laughable. If that were the case, all these quarterbacks would be doing this. Yeah, mandatory. Well, I mean, we know why. Like it's it's okay to say it. It's the same reasons yeah, that optics. everyone is. Well, n- not even the optics part of it. The 
Tua getting slammed to the turf the way that he has. Mm-hmm. It, it's not solely for this reason, but I never saw Big Ben Roethlisberger get thrown to the turf like a, a doll well, and his head bounced off of it because he's 6'4", 6'5", 260 pounds. And Bryce Young's about to be and the it, number it one It looks overall more pick. like a wrestling match when you bring Ben Roethlisberger to the ground, even if you're yeah. a defensive lineman. And the same questions we asked with Bryce Young. Right. Can his body at his size and his frame, his height and his frame, take that level of abuse? Tua Tungavailoa is bigger than Bryce Young, but yes. not by a ton. No, but, but he's six foot. Comparable, sure. Yeah, not you know, not a big guy. Also, so it's easier to wrap him up and take him for a little ride, like a little child, and sling him around, and then he bounces off the turf, right? I mean, that those are the plays that we're talking about here with with Tua. It was a very and you don't need to take judo. Thank you. If you're if you're Cam Newton, <laughs> Cam Newton gets well, hurt because he's trying to run people over during games. But not oftentimes. even that. Like I, I think there's a deeper study here because. Um, is Anthony Richardson going to take judo to learn well, how to fall better? I mean, that's my point does, about the size of some of these quarterbacks. Does Tua and Bryce and let's go with the other quarterbacks that we're comparing them to. Did they have concussion issues in college? I don't see nearly the amount of concussions in college. And I, I think that's very difficult to just presume it's going to happen or it's not. And that a judo class once a week is going to prevent it. It may, it may prevent one. But like, it, it's just. I, I, but even even I, take I just shake the, my head at the headline when all of these all these. I mean, we were sitting here like discussing whether or not the guy should play again when we saw uh, the second one, which was really the third one, concussion last year, uh, and now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I contemplated retirement, but I'm doing what's best for my family, and I'm going to learn how to fall. Well, take take the the reasons behind the contemplation of retirement out of it being concussions, and just make it any reason. If your guys at a press conference saying, "I had to really talk it over with my family, and we considered it, and I really thought hard about retirement, but instead I wanted to come back because football means a lot to me," if that's because of age or because you're burnt out or because you have concussions, if I'm that team, I'm looking for options behind that person. He is the face. If that's, if that's the statement being made in the offseason. Like it or not, fair or not, he is the face of concussion protocol. And they have backed him up currently. Yeah, with there's Mike a helmet White. being designed that's inspired by Tua. But Tua doesn't have to wear it unless he wants to. Yeah, well, the you see ju- what I'm saying, though? The judo may help with that. He can but keep I, with I, the same I'm, not, I'm not trying to make light of it, because I, I, do think, I do think he's taking it very seriously. But at the same time, like the the same reporters that are out there, like, oh, we've got change the protocol. I'm seeing these headlines about judo, and I'm thinking, like, what what where are we going in this cycle of concussion protocol and what should be done and what's not? And I mean, if I'm being honest, if it was malpractice to just overlook the guy who came back after halftime. We're just going to accept the fact that he's taking a judo class and all of a sudden everything's cool? I, I, if I'm just being I, honest. Yeah, you're looking at this. It's BS. I, looking at this from the Dolphins' perspective and what they should be doing behind him. Contemplating retirement, the injuries. The business move here is to cultivate a better plan for a starting quarterback yeah. or at least an option to compete with two or be right there ready to go, even, even if it's drafting a guy in the first round, whatever it may be. Um, I get all that. But go back to that Thursday night when everyone saw him get hurt a second time. And I remember watching, I think it was the Today Show the next day, and they're basically like, hey, look at this sport. 
yeah. that treats their players like meat and gladiators, that, you know, Christians being thrown to the lions, essentially. That's what Tua Tungavailoa is. That was the national discourse after this. So fast forward months later and think about the Dolphins cutting Tua Tungavailoa, throwing him out to the sidewalk and saying, can't, can't take this risk anymore because we don't know if you can stay healthy because of the concussions. I do think optics plays well, into this but a bit. I, but, Chad, I wouldn't cut him. I'm just surprised that we've seen really nothing behind him so far. Teddy Bridgewater makes more sense than Mike White, which is what they had backing him up last year in case and maybe they Tua surprise. wasn't good enough and then all of a sudden he was really good with that offense. And that, maybe maybe and they it, surprise and draft a quarterback well, whenever they pick first. Maybe. But but also like I I just I I really think this was the offseason for them to jump in with Lamar Jackson. And they don't have the first round pick to do it because they were tampering with Tom Brady on the yacht. And if anyone's going they to be They need to get like, Lamar Jackson on that yacht. That's yeah. what they need to do. But now's I, the time. Uh, and by the way, I if, if Tua wanted to retire, I don't blame him. No, not at I all. I don't blame him. I don't blame Andrew Luck. I don't blame Jake Locker. I mean, the, the list goes on and on of guys who are pointing their health. And when I see the presser and I saw the images, like, it just, it's, it's more than a weekly judo class. Yeah. You know, to get a... And I, I want to be clear about it because I'm not trying to make light of no, all I, that. I and him, him talking about the retirement... My point is, I don't blame Tua for considering retirement, or even if he did retire. Don't blame him at all. But on the flip side, I, I also don't blame the Dolphins for exploring options when I hear yeah. that my starting quarterback is considering retirement. And if I'm a fan, quite frankly, I do blame the Dolphins if they hear that he's considering retirement and they're not doing more to have a contingency plan when he's done. So by, by doing virtually nothing... I would blame them if I'm a fan of the Dolphins. They're not doing enough. Well, so far. But, but no one's discussing the Dolphins because they're not in the first round. That's all I'm... They have to have some type of plan. What if they, they traded they, into the first round? They can't and, just uh, run it back. What if they tra- drafted Hendon Hooker or someone else late in the first round by trading back into it? That could change the perspective of how they're handling this, obviously. I don't see that happening, though. They can't just run it back with what they did. Because... Their quarterback is the face of concussion yeah, protocol. Fingers crossed right? they can get through a season without any concussion issues with Tua or any and major no, issues, and that they can be a contender with him. There are not 32 good starting quarterbacks. There are not 32 good backups either. I'm not saying that everything has to be perfect, but there's not this – I do think Miami can be a contender because they were whenever he was eligible to play. And now more than ever, he's not going to be when he takes another hit. At any, it, 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 even if it's not a concussion, he's out. Yeah. And, and I'm just surprised by the judo class stuff, personally. Chad, the A's. They are... Toast? <laughs> well, no, no, no. They, I mean, isn't it the, the given headline of 2023 that the A's are going to Vegas? Yeah, now we have a track of land to prove it. <laughs> Southwest side of the Strip. About a mile um, away from the arena, T-Mobile Arena, is where a new ballpark will be built at $1.5 billion with a retractable roof. So the Vegas A's are about to be a reality. So within a two-mile radius, you will have T-Mobile Arena. The Vegas Knights, the Golden Knights. And UFC. Yeah. You will have the uh, uh, Raiders Stadium. And you will have 
the new baseball ballpark. 30,000 seats, right? And it's only a matter of time for the NBA probably shares that arena with the hockey team. Um, I think they're, 30, I think they're seats. trying to develop their own NBA arena there. And LeBron's going to own the team. Which would be awesome. <laughs> 30,000 seats yeah. uh, for this baseball, the ballpark. Which is perfect. Yeah. And we'll call it a ballpark because I think it's baseball exclusively, this it, venue. It is, yeah. So a 30,000-seat ballpark. They average under 10,000 right now in Oakland. This is what was going to happen. It's, it's what should happen from a business perspective. I can't help but also be sad for fans in the Bay Area and Oakland A's fans. Yeah. The team's been there for over 50 years. They had a dynasty in the 70s with Reggie Jackson and Vita Blue and other great players. They had another great run in the 80s with Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire and Dave Stewart, who we've had here in studio. And, uh, uh, Henderson. Uh, yeah, Tony LaRussa as their manager. I mean, a great A's team. Ricky Henderson, absolutely. They had a, an incredible team then, too. There's history there. There's a good baseball market there. There's fans for years and years for the A's that just got pummeled into the ground uh, in, a, in a, I'm not even going to call it a ballpark, in a facility that housed a baseball team and concrete. a football team that they played on concrete. <laughs> and the Raiders at one point played on infield dirt in that place that's now inhabited by a, a, a possum in their visitor's radio booth where the visiting radio booth there. can't go in. And it's Didn't just atrocious. I mean, I remember last year we had the story where the A's didn't even send emails uh, out to season ticket holders <laughs> to renew because they're basically – I mean, they, they are Rachel Phelpsing it, the plot from Major League. The ownership <laughs> was trying to show how bad it was by not even trying to sell tickets. I've seen reports of concession stands not open. Only two or three in the whole ballpark no need. will be open because they are wanting to make as little money as possible and just get the hell out of Oakland because the ownership could never come to an agreement with local politicians and city officials on a new ballpark. And because of that, longtime Oakland A's fans will now suffer. But in the end, it's what's best for Major League Baseball. Having a franchise in Vegas – Keeping the A's name, which I'm sure they will, when they move to Vegas in colors. Has been rumored. Oh, just make it I'm the just, A's. I, I hope it's the same color. I'll, I'll, I love the, I'll do the, the, the A's uniforms. I love the white cleats they wear, yeah. even with the gray away uniforms, yeah. the way they've done that for years. So keep it the A's. But man, I feel bad for fans, uh, Oakland sports fans right now. Raiders. Yeah, they didn't really do anything to deserve this. Raiders fans are ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. It's not like they're innocent here. Well, the Raiders fans are those, also Ace fans. They, those fans, right? yeah, those fans didn't do anything to deserve no. these teams leaving their market. And once they decided they were leaving, I was there at, after the Raiders had announced they were gone. They still showed up at the Coliseum. And I wonder what this does for the plans of the reverse boycott that they were planning on June 13th. Now that they've bought this land and they're definitely moving to Vegas, I feel like this should probably end the reverse boycott, and maybe just have a send-off where you sell the thing out in the last few home series for the A's and when eventually you know they're going to move on whenever that day is going to come. Let's just condemn it. But the idea of the reverse boycott is a funny one. That, that you know No one goes to games normally. And to prove that it's not the fans' fault, it's not. they're going to sell out a game. And it's not the fans. I don't think anybody believes that. Coming up, Chris Krause will join us. We'll talk NBA headlines with the NBA analyst from 48 Minutes. We will also hit some other headlines, including the, 
I mean, the, the scenario where the Houston Texans would pass on a quarterback at number two. We'll do all that and more over the next hour and 15 minutes. Hot mic across the Outkick Network. Coming up in 10 minutes, Chris Krause will join us, NBA analyst from 48 Minutes. Looking forward to discussing the... Uh, I'm curious on his opinion on how much did the NBA need this first round? Kings Warriors, Lakers Grizzlies. If not for that, it's just a random first round. Just- Do you think that he is a... We'll find out if uh, Chris is a true believer in the NBA or if he can point out the warts hey, of I the mean, league also. They have my interest Yeah, with those two series. But point being, you know... I, some will just love the NBA no matter what, not understand yeah, no, what the right. problem is. Others will say, yeah, you know, there, there's an issue there, and now this has helped. Best opening weekend rating since 2003. That's something. Um, so what That's you think, 20 years. What do you think this weekend will be whenever we get Dylan Brooks and LeBron? Oh, is that when they play again? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't... Maybe next month. Uh, Hutton, when you ask what it's going to be like on the weekend, I'm like, is that going to be game three or five? I don't know if they're going to squeeze two games yeah. in quick or... We're going to replay game two. We're going to wait. Do they not play again until Sunday now? They have, you know, five days off in between games? I, I don't it's know. Saturday or Sunday. I don't know how these go. Well, there's going to be one before then. Right? There has to be. There's not, I don't think. Man. They played on Wednesday. I know. And they played on Sunday prior to that. Let me get my little I'm looking at it right now. Trusty app out to see the how long this series is taking a hiatus before they play again. Chad, don't you be shocked. Um, it will be Saturday. Game three is Saturday. Oh, my gosh. Game three. In so LA, what, the Sunday afternoon game is their big like primetime game on ABC. The Sunday afternoon game Kings, is Warriors. Cavs, Knicks, followed by Kings, Warriors. Yep. Doubleheader. Yep. That makes sense. And then at night, it's Celtics, Hawks. I would still want the LeBron factor if I was the Sunday window. That worked for them this past week. Well, are they, they trading they networks now? It, if right weekend. now, it's, it's TNT and ESPN. ESPN, ABC swapping. Yeah. So, it, but if, if I'm saying if the Lakers and Grizzlies were playing on Sunday, are they now playing on Saturday because of that? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know how the swap works yeah. when it comes to the I don't know how the four-day rotation works for their schedule. Yeah. We just know that at some point there's going to be an unexplained four, three to five-day hiatus in the middle of a playoff series that makes no sense at all. That's what we know about the NBA playoff schedule and nothing else. Chad, Diamond Sports, they've missed their, their payment to the Cincinnati Reds. This is big because this is one of the regional sports networks. This means that Major League Baseball could take over those broadcasts soon. And, and, and that also means like that's one more team that joins the pot to where we could see what every fan wants, which is an a la carte, possibly a game-by-game purchase of your favorite baseball team. I hope Major League Baseball realizes what they have like sitting in front of them as they take on all of these networks. The question will be, though, can they monetize it? to the level that they could by just accepting a check from these networks. But they can't accept that anymore because they're bankrupt. Oh, I understand. But if it's going to really be successful for Major League Baseball, they got to turn the same profit 
well, they were with the, the sports network. But so the, but the, how is Major League Baseball going to monetize it? But they have to learn from what made those networks bankrupt, right? And it, to me, it would be you pay a premium price if you just want to watch one game. You can also get your team, which is what we I all I don't think want. anyone will buy a la carte one-game baseball games for the most part. they got to buy the subscription. Well, it depends on the So the way the you game, make it work though. is if you're a Reds fan, you're going to pay whatever the amount is for the year, and you get all the Reds games through Major League Baseball, and you sell your advertising on top of it as Major League Baseball. Well, That's how you make it profit. Well, but like I'm the casual fan that if Otani's on the mound that night, and I you know, have nothing else, I'm paying five bucks to watch Otani pitch and hit. If they market that right... You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's not I, your, I'm not I talking think, about the Reds and the Orioles here. Right. I just I think the a la carte probably works better with NFL and or NBA, yeah, NHL because of the does. shorter seasons. But I would just be curious to see if it what's going to make more money. The old regional system or the network or an Apple buying them, buying it out, Prime Video, cutting them a check, yeah. or them making it all in-house. Regardless, just stop the blackouts. Yeah, this would end it. I know. This would absolutely give you a chance to watch everything. Coming up. Reaction to what we've seen so far through the NBA playoffs, the biggest storylines, and right now it's in Memphis between the Grizzlies and the Lakers. That's next with Chris Crowell.